Through innovation, academic excellence, and family-centered clinical care, Children's Mercy Kansas City is transforming outcomes for children around the world. Welcome to the audio interview series, Transformational Pediatrics, with host Dr. Michael Smith. So our topic today is improving outcomes for Ewing sarcoma patients. My guest is Dr. Glenn Samuel. He's a pediatric hematologist and oncologist at, and a hospitalist at Children's Mercy and assistant professor of pediatrics at the University of Missouri, Kansas City School of Medicine. Dr. Samuel, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So let's do this. Let's start off... Um, there's a lot of, of excitement right now in oncology because of the exosome, right? Uh, tell us a little bit about the exosome and how it is being associated with invasive cancers and even relapse of certain cancers. So exosomes is a field of research that's pretty much up and coming within the past decade or so, uh, more in adult oncology than in pediatric oncology. Um, just recently, in the past few years, pediatric oncology is kind of started to uptake in terms of their interest in exosomes as well. So exosomes are basically nano-sized vesicles that are released from many cells in our body into this extracellular space. They contain lipids, uh, proteins, and various other nucleic acids um, that have been, and they're contained within the exosomes, and they float within the blood or other biological fluids, um, such as urine, serum, um, they've been found in ascites, and even pleural fluid. Uh, and so it's a non-invasive or less invasive manner of um, use for potential mar markers of disease in various cancers. And a lot more has been done in adults comparatively to pediatrics, unfortunately. And that's just the okay. way research is currently with the state that we're in. Right, right. So, so I mean, essentially the exosome is a packet of information that can help you to analyze how chemotherapy is working for somebody if there's relapse. I mean, that's the basic gist of it, correct? Well, that's the hope that we have for our research specifically. Um, and that's what several researchers have shown with adult oncology, ranging from brain tumors to pancreatic tumor cancer to breast cancer, prostate cancer. Uh, like I said, mentioned before, very little has been done in pediatrics comparatively right. and not really. Well, oh, so... I, Go ahead. So let's talk about what you're doing then, because so bringing it into the pediatric um, practice, your, your oncology practice, you first, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, you developed a technique for identifying the exosome, um, correct? So tell us a little bit about that. So in Ewing sarcoma specifically, which is a disease that we're focusing heavily on, and the other pediatric sarcomas just as much, um, the first was to determine whether these cancers release exosomes to begin with because there was no research done on this cancer and the presence of uh, exosomes really being released from these tumor cells. Uh, so that was the first step. And so we did discover that and we found specific markers that are found that are typically found in the tumor cells and the tumor tissue that have also been, that were also found in the tumor derived exosomes that we're studying. Um, and so that's of particular interest because in our patients, we don't really have the ability to have a marker of any sort besides just regular scans to see if their tumor is getting better or worse. So that so that was your first step, correct? It was now. So first of all, the question was, are, you know, Ewing sarcoma, for instance, is it is it releasing these exosomes? And so that was the first question. You did you found that out, and then you found a way to actually identify those exosomes. So now, 
What do you do with that information? So now you now you've identified a human sarcoma exosome. What's the next step, and and what's the hope in the research? What's really the end end game here? So my end game for big picture for this is for multiple um, avenues for this to be used. One is more for a diagnostic and prognostic marker. So tumors, when releasing these exosomes, they're viable, they're alive, and they're releasing these exosomes for multiple reasons for them to survive. With chemotherapy, when we're killing these cells, the tumor cells, therefore there should be less exosomal production. And so my hope is that as a prognostic marker that we can be able to follow the amount of exosomes that a person has in their blood over a period of time and show that those exosomes are being decreased with therapy. Or if, unfortunately, some patients don't respond to therapy, we can be able to pick them up early and say that they're not responding to therapy and then obviously change our therapy accordingly. The other part is we're also trying to identify markers that show us that they're specifically resistant to certain chemotherapy agents. So that would alleviate the fact of using drugs that that would potentially cause them heavily heavy like toxicity and side effects that we can avoid. Um, so that's the end game is basically to hopefully decrease morbidity and mortality, to be able to pick up early recurrence in patients, um, to basically almost almost like personalized medicine to kind of treat patients according to them specifically and how they're reacting to what we're doing to them. So how do you test for the for the exosomes? So in our lab, we have proven that in less than almost 250 microliters of blood, which is a tenth of a teaspoon of blood, um, we are able to identify these exosomes. Um, we have been able to make a almost like a magnet um, with specific proteins that were interested, antibodies on that to basically pick up the, the um, exosomes that we're interested in. Um, that technique we're hoping to push forward into um, further into the microfluidic chip, which a one of our collaborators um, who works at the University of Kansas, Lawrence, um, has developed a microfluidic chip where it loses less than 100 microliters of blood, and it can pick up specific exosomes. And then Ewing sarcoma is also very, very um, has a very specific abnormality or genetic abnormality where they have a translocation. And we've been able to show that that translocation is also present in these exosomes too. And so the hope is that this microfluidic chip not only will be able to detect exosome quantity, but it'll also be able to show you that the presence of the um, translocation and the abundance of the translocation with therapy um, as, as you're getting treated. And so that's the so big how step. Far, to basically go to that. Well, Dr. Samuel, how far... Um away are we from using exosomes as in prognosis and in testing for resistance? I mean, I know you're at that research level. When do you see this really coming into oncology clinical practice? Well, unfortunately, with the state of how things, I mean, just in science in general, we're kind of at the baby step. We're just at the ground floor of where this needs to be. Um, My hope is that we can prove it in the patients that we have here at Children's Mercy. Um, and then go on to children's oncology group and show that, that this is something that we've seen in a small po- our small population that we do see here, um, and then whether it could be used institutionally in various different institutions and then get, gain enough of evidence to show that it's beneficial right. to all Ewing sarcoma patients, and then it could be used potentially as a um, marker regularly. Um, whether that's going to happen anytime soon, that's probably unlikely, um, but sometime in the future, that's what I hope. 
Yeah, so it's a numbers game. We have to. You start with a small sample that you're doing at Children's Mercy, then we spread that out to other institutions where we just keep we keep increasing the 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 data, right? We increasing Correct. the database, the number of patients that have seen to have been shown to have these exosomes. Then we can start drawing some conclusions. It is yeah, unfortunately I mean, sometimes a painfully long process, right? <laughs> yes, it is. Unfortunately, I mean, and I think in pediatric oncology, I think our patients and their parents. Um, they want to do as much as they can for them, their children, obviously, but they also see the big game and they want to do more for other kids too. Um, so I've been fortunate. To, uh, I mean, I've already accrued 16 Ewing sarcoma patients, six rhabdomyosarcoma sarcoma patients, and nine osteosarcoma patients on my study. Okay. And these are all patients and their children that have volunteered to basically whenever they come into the clinic or when they're diagnosed, they give us a sample of blood, um, which it's purely voluntarily that, that they're doing this out of their own kindness. Um, so we have that abundance of samples, which um, from other researchers that I've talked to, they said that this is a very good um, sample collection that we have because we collect it very prior to every single cycle of therapy. And so we have almost close to 200 to 300, almost 250 okay. samples of blood. So let me let me ask you one more question then about the exosomes themselves. So so we, we're t- we've talked about the 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 potential right in prognosis and identifying relapse and resistance. But what about in early detection? Is, is there just does an exosome you know um, come from a tumor that's simply just well matured and advanced, or is there potential in these being used in in, in the diagnostic workup? Um, theoretically, I. I, I would see that it could be used as a diagnostic work as well, because um, most of the, all the samples that I've ran so far to date are all prior to anybody prior to any patient starting therapy, and we've been able to show those those exosomes are present. And every single patient is different. So we have patients who have um, metastatic disease, we have patients who have localized disease, we have patients with a large amount of localized disease and a small amount of localized disease. And so, regardless of size or shape of tumor okay. or age of the patient, we've been able to show that. So potentially as a diagnostic marker, definitely, hopefully, as a prognostic marker, too, as well. Okay. Well, Dr. Samuel, um, you know, I'm going to thank you for the work that you're doing um, with Children's Mercy, and uh, I want to wish you the best of luck in the research, and, and I know I, I'm pretty confident this is going to work out for you. So um, also thank you for coming on the show today. You're listening to Transformational Pediatrics of Children's Mercy, Kansas City. For more information, you can go to childrensmercy.org. That's childrensmercy.org. I'm Dr. Mike Smith. Thanks for listening.